special and rare, just like the Norway. What does he do? Where does he dwell? He's the magical show sponsor. Kathy. Yes, Boogie. Do you have spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle? Do you know what? What? I do have spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle. Is that your tits or? It's my labia. <laughs> oh my God, you have to put bells. <laughs> you have to get little little clips, the ones that don't pinch too hard, and then literally just put some bells and then walk around your living room when your sister's there after she's had a couple glasses of wine. Oh and you can wear like God. a sarong or something so you're not naked, but she'll just heal that jingle and she'll be like, what the fuck is that? And you'll be oh like, I got spurs that jingle, jingle, jingle. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? I think that's from the story of O. There she puts something on her labia that jingles like that. And really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like a dinner bell around a cat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and with that, I push <laughs> this button. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And because you are responsible for yourself, there won't be another fucking warning. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. I can't woo loud in the no. library, god damn no, it. No, you'll get kicked out and then we'll have no show. Don't do that for me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we talk about the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording live on Zencaster where I'm secretly getting a... a fun little thrill at the thought that Boogie can't freak out and be like he normally is and has to be a little bit more sedate. God <laughs> damn it. I just want to... I've had a week, Kathy. <laughs> I've had a week and I just want to let loose and be like anal, 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 which we will, by the way. We will talk about that because did you know, Kathy, we had um, our first and... Possibly not only, but it may be a while before we have the next one. For our patrons that support us on patreon.com slash perverted podcast, um, I try to do something for them. So we had our first patron supporter munch. And let me tell you, Kathy, it was mm -hmm. an event because on Zoom. So I went into the library or whatever and I did a Zoom meeting. And uh, let me tell you, it was packed. Packed three people, Paddle Bob, <laughs> Path Girl, and then there was another guy <laughs> from Europe who was really cool. So it was not oh uh, the biggest uh, attended munch, <laughs> but uh, but it was a lot of fun, and it was uh, obviously it was great, you know, to to see Path Girl and, and love Path Girl. But it was really fun to meet this other listener, and then of course Paddle Bob, who you know has been a supporter and, and a fan of the show for 3000 years. And, uh, and we get, you know, I, I brought topics and things like, Oh, we, you know, in case things get dull, we can talk about this, 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 but we just had a good time just BSing. And turns out I did not know this, but did you know that paddle Bob, our paddle Bob uh -huh. is the anal hook whisperer. 
<gasps> really? Like literally, like I, I, you know, me and anal hooks and making jokes. And then we started actually talking about it. And, oh, you can do this bondage and that. And all of a sudden, Paddle Bob starts rambling off tip number one. You can do this and you can do this. And we're like, get the fuck out of here, Paddle Bob. What's, what are you? The anal hook whisperer. And he was just all happy. Well, you know, I've done some things. Done some things. Uh-huh. uh-huh Paddle Bob uh-huh. is now the anal hook whisperer. That's just so everyone knows when we now refer to Paddle Bob. That is his thing. But it was a lot of wow. fun. The only problem was is to make the time zone match Europe from Los Angeles. I have to be in the library. I have to be able to get a spot at the busiest time for the three rooms that the library has. Uh-huh. And it's a nightmare. Like literally, if you're one second late, you know, everyone rushes the door to get the spot. So it was hard. And the day before I tried and it couldn't. And, you know, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that from here because it's just ah. it's not reliable. If I don't get a spot, then then we don't have the meeting. So we're going to figure right. out something. But it, it was still fun to at least meet some listeners. And that was, was pretty cool. I would have loved to be there if you guys could do it on a time where I'm not working. That would be great. But yeah, we have to we have to definitely work out some time zones to do it. And even like I said, even with the three of us, I was just happy to talk to people that weren't. <laughs> You're fucking, like I'm just happy to meet with anybody <laughs> just recru- that just weren't crazy fucking library homeless people um, like me. Um, so that wow. really cheered me up because um, what came later was a little bit of a bummer. And I didn't want to get all bummery, but I kind of I don't have anyone to talk to. I actually had to burden you the night it happened the other night. And why uh, would you cut? Why would you characterize that as burdening me? Well, it beca- I wasn't calling you with good news. So you know? well, that's not I your was, job. I was just kind of, you know, I was mm. just uh it was bad. It was Easter and everything was closed. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, I for, I didn't know that it was Easter, so I didn't have time to go to storage and grab my guitar or whatever. So I sat in my car for like 16 hours and I went and caught a lizard and tried to do stuff. And, it, it, you know, I can kill time and Pokemon Go, whatever. And then I was tired and everyone knows I sleep in the ravioli, you know, that doesn't really run. And uh, and so I have the Camry that I drive. And then I drove back and at the park that I park at and the tennis courts um, that I park by, they were all there. Hmm. The tennis courts, they were all still there. Just, you know, exactly as they were the last time I saw them. All the bushes were there. The light posts were there. The park with the trash can that I throw my trash in because I'm not a littering homeless person. I'm very careful about throwing my trash. I don't dump my pee or anything there. I'm very quiet. (laughs) Um, That trash can was there. But uh, the ravioli was not. (laughs) Oh, no. The ravioli was definitely, I definitely was like tennis courts, trash can, bushes, no ravioli that's so sad how long did you actually stand there going wait a minute did i misplace it did i put it somewhere else and i no no it was fucking half a second i drove up because it's clear the parking lot's clear at like 10 p.m because the park closes in at dusk or whatever and uh and there's a few other homeless cars that are there spread out 
and I know them all and we're all very quiet and nobody bothers. Uh, but yeah, I, I looked and I'm like, Oh, my car has been stolen. Uh, my car is gone. And, uh, I instantly thought, well, it's, it's either been impounded or it's, uh, been stolen and i'm like and instantly my back just went oh it's it's gonna be a long night because the reason i have the ravioli is i can't sleep unless i'm laying flat and just try i some people can fall asleep sitting up or in a car and i wish i was that person because that would be magical but i'm not and so i have all the seats ripped out of the ravioli and i have enough room to stretch out and that's what i've been living in for three years Right. And so my back was like, oh, it's going to be a long night now. <laughs> oh, so I, I don't know. I, you know, I just, well, called the police and then I called and, you know, they looked up my thing and they're all, oh, yeah, we cited and impounded that. Oh. And because uh, my registration was out of date. And I guess what happened is uh, they just passed a rule that during COVID, they weren't harassing homeless people, um, you know. And so if your car didn't have registration, they just left you alone because it's COVID. So now that the COVID is taking a, a dip down and things are opening up, um, they said, oh, well, you know, <laughs> open season. On <laughs> Let homeless. the harassment begin. <laughs> Let the harassment begin. And it's like down the street, there's like dilapidated tweaker shitting in the street motorhome. And like, there's just all these other things. And I'm like, what? My little ravioli. <laughs> it was, you know, it's clean. It doesn't look bad. That's what sucks is you're probably the most respectful homeless person uh, out there. And I'm, yet this shit happens. 10 years clean and sober. There's no break yeah. for fucking Count Boogie. <laughs> I'm not screaming. I'm not ripping people off. I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, "Ah." and then you just kind of that kick in the stomach and you're just like, you know, because, you know, I brought this upon myself. So the hatred just starts and I start I'm talking on the phone and I'm like, how much does this cost? And then they're all call the tow yard. It's, you know, this many hundred for us. And then you have to register it and do all the and i'm like i can't it doesn't run barely runs how am i you know and then you call the tow company and then they're like four hundred dollars just to get it out and then 65 a day and then you know and then insurance and whatever and i'm all the car's not running it's it's not worth the eight nine hundred dollars i would have to pay just to go get it registered right and then i have to pay the registration and the you know all this stuff together and i and so I had to literally, after a long night, get go to storage, get the pink slip for the car, and then give my car to the towing company. Oh. Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Thanks. Here, here it's yours now. Thank you. Oh. So uh, in lieu of the payment, and then that cancels everything because it's a money game. You know, that's what they're, yeah. you know what they're doing they just you know they they'll sell my car for parts and get a thousand bucks for it um uh-huh. and so uh, they let me have my blankets at least and uh, looked at me with uh, a lot of hate and disgust because you know i'm pulling out my toilet and pee jugs and you know you know and uh um, all my where the things. fuck do they have to be yeah. judgy about yeah whatever fuck them so uh 
it was not in good shape inside. Aww. And I said, well, you guys will have fun. I wish my pee jug would have been full. <laughs> and then you could have emptied it out. I right would have there. literally just dumped it right over the dashboard and uh, <laughs> and said, "Go ahead, get get some good money for this." Um, but whatever, oh, wow. you know. Once again, you, that's the, the, uh, so. Oh, uh, that's, in the that's last a terrible week, boogie. Yeah, and so that was that was rough because uh, you know blessing curse. You know, having to manage the two cars. And one of them not running and not having any spaces left to park in Los Angeles um, is real difficult. And it's been a real trial. But um, so but not knowing if I could survive in the one car. So I've in the last three days, I've ripped out all the seats. So uh, and then, you know, with bricks, with duct tape and boards and, you know, whatever, I can now lay down in the car. I have all my cushions and in the, where there used to be a passenger seat and a back seat, there's now, you know, enough room to at least, you know, do that. But basically the tiny amount of space I had now just got cut in half. Right. And so, uh, so that's, it, you know, it's oh, more about the self-hatred, you know, that I put myself here. And, and so I got to figure it out. But I got the screens up and the curtains up. And so now I can at least sleep in there. And now it's poop mechanics to make, you know, I have rope a rope pulley system so I can oh. pull up the entire cushion system and then move the board and move. The- <laughs> oh, boogie. <laughs> I, I have oh. to live with this guy, Kathy. <laughs> but so that's that's a day in the life of of boogie yeah. the crazy person <laughs> that, and so i got on this uh new group on fet life it's not a new group and i'm like sex with homeless people and oh my and so i really no. wanted to find out and i put up a thing but they're really into like dirty homeless people and i'm like i don't want to be dirty i i don't want that I, You're you know, the cleanest person out there. I go, is it? No, I'm not the cleanest person for goddamn sure. But among some homeless, I'm definitely uh, uh, more conscious of hygiene. <laughs> um, but I like write these letters and I'm like, so I'm sober. Is that points off? You know, then, <laughs> you know, I'm clean and sober. Do you like fucked up, drugged out people with Schmeg? You know, like what? What is the thing? Is Schmeg required? Schmeg required. <laughs> and apparently Schmeg is big in in this fetish. And so oh, it's like you have to be real Schmeggy. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to do that. So so I'm just going to have to, you know, figure out something, some some other way to get laid. <laughs> Oh my god! You just can't get a break, man. So that's my story for the week. <laughs> but oh, Paddle Bob boogie. loves is good at anal hooks. <laughs> well, at least there's that. You got to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be slipping, Bobby. Oh, hey, mate. Singing, <laughs> oh, you know, where you and I are tied together, having a tug of war. <laughs> Ew. Going, this is this is this you're cheating. Stop pulling. Oh, that's They'll so hang vile. bacon in the middle, so we have to fight over it. Who gets the bacon by wiggling? Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, you're going too far. You and Paddle Bob need to get together. <laughs> no, no, he's safe on the other side of the pond. So that's my thing, Kathy. Uh huh. I'm I'm dying to tell you my thing. Okay. Well, I want to hear what yours is because obviously mine was just joy pure 
unadulterated bliss and joy. So what do you mine is equally as joyful. I'm sorry to say it's not gonna make you feel any better. Oh shit. I can't even offer you that solace. My story is just as well, not as pathetic. I mean, I would, would never dream of putting myself uh, in your sphere, Boogie. But I don't know why. Uh, I think my desire for, to, for masturbating has just freaking disappeared, man. It's just gone out the window, and I don't know where it went. And I'm hoping it's not like that dry spell I had, you know, a while ago that lasted a long time. But it's just freaking gone. You know what you have to do, Kathy? What? Insert clever jingle. If you haven't had sex for a long time, don't be shocked your libido has tanked. Stop waiting for someone special. Cause even bad sex will blow the dust off your crank. You gotta push. Push, push the mojo. Circulate your junk to get out of the funk. You gotta push. Push the mojo. Bam, Kathy. So fake it till you make it is what I'm what you're saying, huh? Just push that That mojo no matter what. So just just rub on the clit. Doesn't matter what actually happens. Rub on the clit (laughs) until it's a hit. That's what I'm saying. That that's that's gold record shit right there. That's uh that's a old school Columbia record shit right there. (laughs) Yeah. I've always we've talked about this in the past multiple times. When you start to get older or you're in a relationship that maybe has fizzled a little bit mm-hmm. that sometimes you just need to go. You just need to do it because, you know, the primal beast goes into those sexual famines because there's, it's not always breeding season. And so your brain kind of just shuts off and says, Oh, it's not breeding season and then goes off. But then you do some stuff, you know, the female tiger's got to come and whack its fucking tail in your face, Kathy. Okay, well, I will I will give it a shot. I will try I will try to fake it and see what happens, man. Well, here, let me let me let me even go the second because I know how you are sometimes. Oh god. What if you just do it and just say instead of going for orgasm or whatever, you just go for arousal and you just spend a little time. I think I think I can manage arousal. It's just that uh, the arousal is there and then I go to do something about it and then it's gone. Okay, here's my second tip. Okay. Clean the dishes first. (gasps) What? Now you're talking my language. Get the dishes done. (laughs) Like, wear something sexy. Like, go wash and stack the dishes to your heart's content. Get a fucking construction level and make sure they're all even. (sighs) You know, measure. Give the laser measure so the plates are perfectly lined up. But wear something sexy. And then after Uh that, go lie down and say, I'm just going to spend a little aftercare, a little after dish care. Can I, can I imagine that, that my house is filled with shelves and everything is neat and orderly on them? Oh yeah. And then just put like a, you know, a, a boy or a girl in, in leather crawling around, you know, licking the floor clean that you've already perfectly stacked the dishes or something. Find some things. Okay. 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 I can, I can, I can roll with that. Let's see what happens. All right. I look forward to report on the next show. Okay. When sex said from your grandma does not suffice, go to perverted podcast for some fucking advice. Boogie. 
Yeah, yeah, my love. We're about to give a little bit of fucking advice to the people. Not just some, <laughs> but double some. It is double some because we have an anonymous email from someone, and they have two questions for us, and it's both set up by the same story. And they're both so good that you and I have decided we're going to discuss them both and lay some wisdom on the people. Laying it on, because that's what we do. That's Just right. shovels. Get out your wisdom <laughs> shovel, and let's go into the pile of wisdom. It looks kind of like bullshit, it but does. it's actually wisdom. It looks similar. But you know, what is wisdom? It's the shit you've collected over your life that works and doesn't work, and then you, you share it. And hopefully the other person can do something. Hey, that works. It. You know, uh, shit actually uh, helps things grow. I, I'm reaching that's, here, Boogie. I'm reaching. That's, look at that. That's actually good. Let's, <laughs> let's stick with that. Okay. The shit, shit that makes... That's what we're going <laughs> to shovel. Shit that makes things grow. <laughs> shit that makes things... Look at that. You're a fucking genius. I'm a poet, damn it. <laughs> you're, a, you're a poet. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Anonymous wrote to us and says... Uh, I hit my milestone 50th birthday last July, and up here where, where I live, we have a program that once you turn 50, you are sent a little testing kit in the mail to check for colon cancer. That's actually pretty common, Boogie. Hmm. I, I got one of those, too. So What? Uh, what do you what? mean you got one? You get a you get a kit. You have to poo in something, and, and uh, you send it in, and they send you back a thing. I didn't Good get God. that. Did, did I Well, get maybe that? because you're living in a car, and they don't know how to reach you. Yeah, the postman usually doesn't drive next to me and throw shit in the window. How did I? Here's your stuff, sir. Okay, fine. I got to get one of these kits. Proceed. Somewhere in a post in a post office, somewhere there's a pile of backed up. There's like eighteen little shit shit sample kits for me. Okay, I'm gonna go in there. You think you're here? Jesus, fuck, take it. All right, he says I decided to be mature and do the poo test. And a month or so later, I'm told they found blood specks. I was going to hmm. get a colonoscopy. Ah, I dread that. I swear to God, Boogie. I dread <laughs> the moment I have to get a colonoscopy. All right. I, I shall continue. He says they took photos and samples, and I would find out later that I have colon cancer. They found it early. They plan on doing surgery to cut it out and reconnect the pipes. But I have two issues, which I'm hoping you and Kathy can help sort out. So here's where we veer off and... Should we just, I'll just, we'll do one and then you and I'll talk yeah, about that and go Yeah, let's do one on. and the other. Because okay. I know if we do the second one, everyone's going to be like. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> yeah, the second one's a doozy. All right. He says, my first issue was dealing with the anger that this was there and there was no way of telling that it was. Nothing in my blood work, diet, or anything indicated this was there. Only the fluke of doing this little dinky test for early detection has placed me here now. The anger spikes have diminished. Just, are there any thoughts or ideas? I would really appreciate it. Thank you all again for always being here. You make a difference in my life that helps me make differences in other people's lives each day. Well, that's a nice uh, thing for you to say. And it's a doozy of an opening to this letter to find, to be told you have colon cancer. Colon cancer, and that's, yeah. That's, a, that's absolutely horrible. I am very happy that they found it early and that they're going to do the surgery and cut that damn little cancer right out because you you need to get that out soon. But I have to say that when I read this, I think maybe a lot of people would have, uh, I don't know, passed over this and said, what kind of advice do you possibly want? But I've actually been there with, with the anger that he's talking about. 
As right. you grow older, things happen to your body that you have did not consent to and that you have no say over. And it doesn't matter how healthy you are, what a, a healthy lifestyle you lead, the good foods that you eat. Getting old sucks. That's just, <laughs> there's no way around it. Even the, the, the most conscientious of us out there, of which I'm not one, is going to have things happen to their bodies that severely alter what they thought of themselves. So let me explain. I have had a number of friends over the last decade or so who have had to deal with what most people would consider smallish things when it comes to getting old. And I've watched each and every one of them dissolve into whiny little children complaining and pissing and moaning about these things that they did not expect. Now, I'm saying that actually in a funny way because I, to the outside person, they would look like they're whining and complaining. I don't actually think they are because like I said, I've been there and that anger is so real and is so all encompassing that your body has the nerve to defy you, <laughs> that your body has the nerve to do something that you did not consent to, especially when you did everything that you've always been told that you should do. If you don't acknowledge that anger and instead press it down and tell yourself you're a bad person for feeling this, it actually is going to create a lot of problems in your life. You need to deal with the fact that you have every right as a human being to be angry that this is, this is the, the hand that life deals you. Out of fucking nowhere, you get handed a cancer card and there's nothing you can do about it. And I, I don't know exactly how to say it other than to finish by saying that. If you don't deal with that anger, it's not going to go well for you. I have seen people's lives deteriorate. One friend in particular who simply cannot deal with the fact that something minor is happening to his, um, well, I'm not going to say what it is, but in most people's eyes, it's so minor that you should be able to get over it, but he has not been able to deal with it and instead has retreated and become almost an invalid where he can't deal with it. He doesn't want to go to the doctor. When he does, he complains. All he does is complain to the point where he's pushing away the people around him that love him and, and pushing away things that he could do that could help him. Unlike our emailing friend here who didn't, right. you know, sink his head in the sand, who instead went ahead and did what needs to be done. That anger has the ability to pull you under and make things a hundred times worse than they need to be. Well, I think a couple things on that. Absolutely agree with um, what you're saying and that that feeling because, you know, I, I get it too. I really see that anger for a lot of people and the fear of your friend is is literally we're not taught, at least in our culture on this end, we're really not taught by anybody mm -hmm. how to die mm -hmm. how to get old and I, we're going to be a bummer let's be a fucking bummer because that's just the reality is is it a bummer or is are we a part of the universe how do we deal with our death how do we deal with our mortality is there spirituality all of these questions but we really don't face a lot of these things and a lot of those things when things start falling and breaking off of you that's mortality tapping at you that's your mortality saying, hey, you know what, the all the plans you thought you had that go on for 200 years, you're not going to get 200 years. Yeah. You may not get 50 years. 
you may not get 20 years. I had uh, my vocal teacher when I was much younger, I, her 19 year old son, who was a great kid, a great kid, great musician, super talented, super full with life, died of cancer at 19, mm-hmm. had it since five. And just to watch that kind of from the sidelines occur, you know, this is the anger is real, mm. but after you accept the fact that you're angry, you also have to learn how to kind of face the fact that there are no guarantees. I mean, you, you can maybe know family history. And then of course, you know, don't smoke or don't do this. And this will help reduce the blah, 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 blah. But ultimately this machine that carries us through this experience is fragile and you know the what is the the second Seth MacFarlane movie a million ways to die yeah <laughs> uh, and you know it's just true we're fragile and it and yes old sure you're more fragile but it doesn't matter you're young you're fragile you text on your phone you wrap yourself around a phone pole you're now in a wheelchair for the rest of your life or you're dead okay. the, the it is just there isn't an investment more worth taking than becoming peaceful with your mortality before you face that before those things happen. That's the only thing you can really do is to try to go, how am I going to accept what my physical limitations are before the shit happens? Right. You know, and that's always been my goal, you know, is like, I want to be like those peaceful people that are like, oh, when it's time to die, then, then my body will go. And then I become part of the earth and back to the shit I was already. I'm already a part of everything. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's difficult. It was difficult to read that part. You never like hearing when somebody uh, gets told they have cancer, but I, I really think he should be applauded for moving forward. As simple as that sounds, a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people, like I said, bury their head in the sand and this is, you know, it's a tough thing for anybody to go through. And not only bury their head in their sand, Bury the head in their sand. We all have sand now. <laughs> My sandbox, damn it. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Okay, we're <laughs> sand. It works somehow in a weird way. But some people deal with that kind of thing much shittier. And maybe this next half of what he was talking about yeah. oh, might yeah. have some clues there because of that. Because this yeah. was crazy shit that I'd never heard. I know. So this was the second uh, question that he had regarding the same issue. He says, I told two different friends that I have known for years and they responded back with, well, that is what happens when you get the faggot disease. My jaw dropped. I thought maybe (laughs) it was some sort of wind me up joke given our ages. It wasn't. They also said things like that'll teach me to shove stuff up my stuff up my bum that shouldn't be there. I fought the urge to scream, that's not how colon cancer works. I haven't spoken to them since and I because I've loved them for so many years and I just don't know how to respond to this. Wow, I think yeah, that I that, that is an honest feeling. I don't know how to respond to this because uh, that, like how, I literally, when I saw that, I, I, I first, I laughed because that's some funny shit. The level of stupidity 
that you would have to to say something before I get all analytical. I'm like, that is horribly and ironically funny. But then it set in like, wow, people really are that dumb. Yeah. To say something like that. And then it obviously that's what I stuck with. And then I went, okay, what's really going on here? Do you go with your thoughts first? Because I, of course, I have lots of notes on this dumbness. Well, my my thoughts are are pretty. I don't know if you're going to like them, but here's here's my thing. Number one, <laughs> I totally agree with you. Uh, you the level of stupidity th- these people have uh, acquired in life to make comments like that is just astounding to me in this day and age. That's number one. Number two, I, I'm sorry, but I don't care how close you are to me. And I say this with experience, knowing that I have done this very thing. You make stupid bonehead comments like that to me, and I am going to have a ridiculously hard time being around you for much longer. And uh, I have cut people out of my life for having that kind of attitude. I simply do not tolerate it. I do not have any patience for it. I am the first person to give someone the benefit of the doubt to let them explain themselves. But beyond that, you better explain yourself pretty fucking good for me to accept you haven't made statements like that. Okay, and here's the final thing. I am okay. a huge fan of the uh, of the book and the movie uh, uh, The Band Played On. I forgot the name of the author, but it's about the AIDS epidemic and politically right. speaking, what happened to keep it where it is and what went right, what went wrong. I saw a documentary the other day, very well done documentary about that movie and book, and in particular about what they called Patient Zero. And one of the things that they really touched on was the era in which this happened and the homophobia that was rampant, what homosexual people had to go through, why it remained underground for so long, just a number of things that we all know happened uh, in the 60s and the 70s. We all knew that that's what was going on. So none of that was new to me. What astounded me was that in watching that documentary and in reading this email, I was coming face to face, not with something that happened 50 years ago, but something that happens today. Yeah. And I was furious, furious at these two people that having heard that their friend was diagnosed, diagnosed with colon cancer, this is the support that they give him. And that we have not come that far if when a friend is in pain and in need, that is what you come back with. I agree. I absolutely agree. I don't have any problem with anything that you said. My goal in the things that I thought of were to help hopefully explain to our lovely listener um, some possibilities. What could create that type of now then i don't know we don't know the whole story here we don't know i don't know the orientation of our poster i don't know because he seemed pretty excited about the test and everything you know and he's like all gung-ho you know which it scared the shit out of me um i'm still terrified of those tests um so i don't know is he gay is he bi is he open do these friends know about those things and is this something where they've repressed their judgment for all this time. And now that's a justification to now attack. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I like don't, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe he's somebody that likes that. And, 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 and they're now they've waited. Aha, this is see God's punishing you kind of stupidity. Uh-huh. 
But I don't know what you're saying. That, that are you saying that justifies it, or that's just an explanation? No, 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 no. I'm be? trying to just give input. I'm just trying to come up with points, like where because I don't think. I mean, I surely know most people are stupid, and with all the conspiracy stuff we have on now, and people just their confirmation bias, just you know. They just pick something so they heard something online and they can say something stew. Oh, that's the faggot disease. When anyone with an average intelligence who knows anything about cancer or has had someone with cancer, they understand that that is absolutely not uh, credible. That information is right. not credible at all. So there has to be something else. There has to be something that would motivate them to act in fear are these two guys um secretly having problems dealing with their own sexuality and they have to make up some gay bashing kind of thing in order to you know push themselves away from their sexuality oh well you're gonna get the faggot disease so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna do that that's wrong god says it's right you know there's so many reasons that people would lash out like that I I I can let my imagination run rampant and come up with just as many reasons. Re- Majority of the time, the people the reason people are assholes is because they're de- they're trying to manage their own fears. I'm not. I'm smart yeah. enough to know that. I I know what that that there's always a lot going on behind someone who who has to lash out in anger, who has to ridicule people, bullies are riddled with fear. They wouldn't feel the need to go so overboard to the extreme in the other direction. I don't yeah. fucking care. This is your friend who was just diagnosed with cancer. Manage your fucking fear and keep your goddamn ridiculous opinions to yourself and be there for your friend. There is no excuse for responding in that way. And I, I just cannot express enough how much this email upset me, how furious it makes me that this this man is sitting here having to deal with this and the people that he should be able to turn to aren't there for him and in fact are making life worse for him. If you can't say something that's going to help, then walk the fuck away and let that person find ways and find people in his life that are going to help him because you're not helping. You're making things worse. And my heart, I get tears in my eyes right now just thinking of somebody in somebody like this in need, someone who whose emotions are going crazy at being told that he was just diagnosed with cancer, reaching out to someone who's supposed to love him and getting this fucking slap in the face. It is infuriating. And at the, at, at any other time, if if I saw someone that I cared for or loved having such extreme reactions, and if I cared enough for them, I would push past my anger and try and find out what it is. Why are they behaving in that way? Not when I am standing at your doorstep looking for compassion and help. That is not the time to allow your fear and your ridiculous attitudes to get the better of you. That's the time for you to marshal every fucking bit of energy you have, any self-discipline you have, and keep those fucking words to yourself. I agree, but now you know this guy just saves a buck every year on Christmas cards that he doesn't have to send. Hey, that would be my way to go. I'd be like, take him off this list, take him off the Christmas list, take him off the birthday list. I never have to give him another gift again. Because I don't think people are necessarily trained how to be a good friend most of the time. Well, you know, sometimes you get lucky and people have compassion and people aren't selfish and, you know, but I'm like, I, 
I wouldn't be around someone like that. And I don't expect people to be around me if I do stupid shit like that. So hopefully our poster uh, understands that we love them. Well, and I, that I, there are people that care about them and and care yeah. about their feelings and and want the best for them, and and the hope is is that there's other people in this person's life that that do understand and and can be there and give that moral support. Uh, yeah. uh, apparently, from the letter, they already had their surgery, um, so it took us a it took us a couple of weeks to get to it. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that went well and you can move on with your life and then you know that not everyone who you've been friends with for a long time, when it really comes down to it, when it really comes down to that moment where you need that friend. Yeah. It's unfortunate when you find out that they're not, they were never really. I mean, it's true that being your friend to be somebody's friend, you have to earn that and you don't earn it by being an asshole when that friend needs you. So sometimes you have to walk away from things like that. And, and life has taught me some, heart-wrenching lessons in the last 10 years. And one of them is that some things are not forgivable. And that line is different for everybody. And you have to decide for yourself if if you're willing to put up with that. Sometimes I have in life. I've sometimes put right. up and compromised with a lot. Um, but my heart goes out to this, to our listener. And I sincerely hope that, that it's diagnosis will be good and that, and that he'll come out the other end of this. There's always a kink you don't know about yet, so let's learn one now on Fetish Roulette. Because you can't, you won't, and you don't stop. Because you can't, you won't, and you don't stop. Enigma, do you know this song? Um, It sounds familiar, yeah. Well, you can't, you won't, and you don't stop. Mike D, come and rock of the short shot. Wiki, 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 wiki. <laughs> Wiki, wiki. See, because you scratch the records. Wiki, wiki. Get it? <laughs> How the hell are you, Enigma? I am doing pretty fantastically. Um, I had a really fun weekend this past weekend. And so that, you know, that, that definitely uh, helped peak all the, the lovely fun that I've been having the last couple of weeks. That's it. That sarcasm I'm sensing. Sensing a just little, a little bit. Just a little, little bit. A little sarcasm going through some trials there. But have you been mm-hmm. learning things during your trials? I have been learning lots. Um, definitely some new skills picking up. And then, you know, enjoying the little things like the party last weekend. And then this weekend I'm going to our local Ren Fair and just having a joyously nerdy time. So, And will you be wearing underwear under your kilt? Um, good, sir. That is for me to know and some lovely ladies to find out. Oh, God, I miss being a body type that could wear a skirt. God, <laughs> I miss that. I mean, that was straight like mid late 90s, probably later 90s, real close to 2000 when I was like 165 and I wore I was in my punk band. I used to wear dresses with no underwear on stage and guys would be all like fag. And I'm like, watch. And within like <laughs> literally three minutes, some girl's like, what's going on under there? Grab, grab, grab. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at them and they're like, quick, get to the thrift store. You got to get yourself something skirty. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a magnet. It is. And like part of me wants to do it, but also it's Ren fair, So there's, there's going to be families walking around and I don't. I don't know if I want to give an anatomy lesson in the middle of Ren Fair. No, no, no. I'm, come on, man. You got to do things <laughs> on the down low. You turn to the wench. 
Oh, yes. You turn to her in a kind of private way, and you're like, hey, <laughs> kilt down below. What do you got for me? For me, it would just be laughter, but you might have a shot. I mean, I'd probably get giggles, too. So let's, let's just be fair. But, you know, giggles lead to flirting. I I agree. I I am I am somebody I don't have the looks but I have the sense of humor. And so I lean into that every time. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us big players. <laughs> I'm in a library. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 alone in a studio apartment. And actually some fun did happen today. I did get hit up by a porn phishing text message which was oh, really awesome. helpful to the self-esteem. Oh, yeah, it was great for the self-esteem. That's awesome. Hey, I just read your profile. You seem hot. Want to hook up? It wasn't even that. It started off like kind of like a... a it was like, oops, wrong number. But hey, want to come over and give me a massage? But <laughs> uh, And then it ended with, oh, but let's do a f- uh, video call on this very specific nondescript website. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> that you was, have to punch in your yeah, social security number. <laughs> Right, right. Credit card number, full name, mother's maiden name, all of that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, God damn it. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's a highlight of my romantic career. (laughs) But today, today we are in a fetish roulette. Mm. There was no one there to pick it, but I picked one because I saw this (laughs) on my list and I'm like, oh, that, that, because it just brings me back probably the most primal thing that you can do in play and we're going to talk today about it's listed as acarophilia have you ever heard of that uh i have in the email that you sent me very good yes (laughs) that's why we're the teachers today because (laughs) We live in experience. I don't think the name is as important as the activity, and I'm pretty no, damn no, sure no. you've done a lot of the activity. And acrophilia is arousal from scratching. And like the Beastie Boys, I'm not talking about the dope wiki, wiki, wiki of a boss DJ, which, by the way, <laughs> would be called vinyl scratchophilia. Oh, really? Vinyl Vine? No, I just made that up. Oh, okay. That's actually just a bad joke. This whole segment I mean, is supposed to be bad jokes. Remember? I mean, this sounds like this sounds like a good. I mean, I I believed you. That that was very good. But how fucking cool would that be? Like, if you were a good DJ doing the quick 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 thing, and like you're at a concert and you're on stage and you're fucking scratching the vinyl, and women are just having orgasms, and men, I guess too, you know, which would be messy. And it's just like if you're really good at scratching a record, you could literally vinyl scratchophilia. I think it could be a thing. I mean, it'd be one way to scratch that itch for sure. Oh, but <laughs> we've only scratched the surface, and goddamn it, ah. Enigma! Don't don't you get abrasive with me? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna get get right to the point on this one. Okay. Oh. <laughs> And now that we have nobody listening anymore. <laughs> except for the diehard into, groupies. Except the diehard groupies that are like, let's just see how far this burning train will go before it melts <laughs> the tracks completely. But no, we are talking about scratching. Scratching for arousal. And the only definition it gives in the book was scratching is often an element incorporated into rough sex. Which is pretty generic and academic sounding, but what it really means, if you have ever been 
the giver or the receiver of primal scratching and it can be so many things i mean of course you can scratch with elements like knives and needles rose stems even a toothpick i've done scenes with a toothpick uh where you can scratch but just i'm more into the fingernails i'm into fingernail scratching where you just you can do it lightly you can do it heavy you can draw blood i have so much love for fucking scratching people (laughs) do you agree with me brother enigma I 110% agree. I I personally, I, I've never put a, fa- a word to it, but I am definitely in the camp of uh, ac- acrophilia. Um, because, yeah, no, it, it, the number one way to turn me on is to, especially in like the scalp of my hair, like if you just like slide your nails in lightly over my hair, like I am immediate puddle enigma. Oh, um, yeah. And then, like, when I'm, like, going to town on my partner and their nails are, like, scratching into my back, like, leave me a clawed up bloody mess. I will be happy. Um, No, I I am 110% in this camp of getting turned on with scratching. Like, that is is 110% my thing. That is awesome. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're a switch because I'm, like, my – I like – I like when I play rough with somebody and they're scratching, but it's not like it necessarily turns me on, but it's just kind of a primal exchange. Right. And, and that means they're like fighting for their life in role play. And, uh, you know, I'm taking that control. But so you talking about, you know, how it makes you feel uh, is important <laughs> because <laughs> we, we, you should have both sides when we're doing a segment. Oh, for sure. And like, I, I, I also very much enjoy it as a top. Like I have several dip- different types of scratching implements in my bag. Like I have three or four kinds of like just clawed in- implements that are super fun to play with and give different sensations depending on what I'm going for with certain partners. So I, I am I'm very much a switch in my scratching as well. Like I love giving it. I love taking it. It's it's all fun. Do you have the finger attachments they have with the two metal prongs that stick out? I don't have each finger. I have a few of those. They're um, literally you run those over just the arm. Like when you do demos on people, Mm -hmm. like I have gotten so many people to be like, yes, I will play with you. Like, I mean, it's like a switch. I just put those things on my fingers and I go, just give me your arm. And they give me their arm and I just drag those little scratchy things across and it leaves those little, just those first layers. You don't need to draw mm-hmm. blood no. in scratching for it to be hot. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. But just <laughs> just getting those first layers of dry skin and mm-hmm. scratching that up and it brings that tingle and that sensation and you just see people that respond to scratching. It's like you said, they just instant puddle. They're like, yes, you may take me. Yeah, and then depending on what the what the tool is, it's going to bring different sensations. I don't have the two little prong things, although I've seen them often at like every uh, kink booth with that they where they're selling accessories. I definitely see it often. But I have uh, if you're looking for something cheap, like Amazon has, I search Catwoman claws, and I found <laughs> these. Um, they're they're very much uh, <laughs> they're not made for my fat fingers, so I did have to alter them a little bit, but. They're super fun and they come with kind of like a ridged, uh, like a r- bumpy ridge side to them. So like you can do them for sensation play as well as clawing. Oh, um, yeah. But one DIY uh, pervertible way that I've heard from a lot of people is banjo picks. You can get those super cheap from any music store and they just slip onto pretty much any finger size and they're super, sure. super easy for scratching play. 
Yeah, they're men. They're, I have ban- I have a banjo, so I have banjo picks. <laughs> um, so hey, dual purposes. Um, but yeah, they just squeeze into place. You get you know mm-hmm. the the size, and then you just kind of squeeze them to shape uh, around your fingertips, and those are really fun. Something that I got, I think it was Abyss that first got them. Um, it's there's these plastic like meat hook things that go over your, your knuckles like brass knuckles. And they're for pulling pork apart. Oh yeah, no, I, I have I have those in my bag. Yeah, there's those are super fucking fun. Those are crazy sharp. Those are yeah. are meant for literally ripping cooked meat apart. Well, you, um, you can get you can get uh, duller plastic ones that still give the same effect without the <laughs> the danger. Um, well, you or can you, or, sand them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can actually uh, sand them. But once again, I mean, there's so many things that scratch. And, of course, you want to be careful of certain surfaces. You know, like I I say rose stems. And, you know, there's a lot of things that will create that scratching sensation. But you don't want to leave splinters in people. You don't want to, you know, use things that, you know, some people use needles, the, the tip of a needle when they're doing needle play because that thing is sharp as hell. So you can cut really, really shallow in the skin really perfectly and create that sensation. And so I love all the toys and stuff like that. But, man, I just got to say, there is nothing, there is nothing like digging my claws into a victim when they're on their hands and knees and I'm fucking them. Mm-hmm. And you literally are just scratching down their sides and ending up at their ass. And pull. it's just like it's you connect. Oh, it's, with, it's magical. Yeah. With the beast, you know. And, and of course... This is something you obviously would negotiate with someone first. <laughs> well, yes. If you're going to do that thing, because it, it is true. If you draw blood, it is a blood play, and it's not like drawing blood with a needle or a knife. This is actual skin-to-skin contact. So right. I wouldn't do heavy scratching with somebody that I wasn't fluid bonded with because they are going to bleed because you can cut your nails. Like Obviously, clean your nails also. Uh, make sure your fingernails are completely clean. Wash your hands clean because you have dirt under your nails and you're going to scratch something. And then you're going to be scratching dirt and grime into somebody's bloodstream. And so you don't want to do that. Make sure you clean your nails. But you can let them grow out a little bit. And then you just take clippers before a play scene and you can do like little cuts so it's extra scratchy. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God. Oh. Yeah, th- this is definitely not a, a a surprise scene that you want to throw at somebody because, l- like like with a lot of toys, like I'm I'm very hesitant to do the like oh I the, I can definitely you will definitely not get marked because yeah. while we play yeah no scratching is definitely a mark danger which makes it a scar danger which makes it an infection danger uh, which makes it a cross contamination danger but for light scratching or if you're using an implement the risk is a lot less but of course you still want to make sure everything's clean mm-hmm. and uh, before you go digging it into someone's flesh because if you do draw blood then you're now at that pathogen level and on the on the sub side of things you want to make sure that you're hydrated and that maybe you put some sort of like uh, lotion or something just so your skin isn't uh, dry because if you're dry it's a lot more likely to crack and mm. break the skin which is like we're saying usually what you're trying to avoid absolutely and and for aftercare if you're going to do a heavy scratching scene where you bleed have some aloe vera or some uh triple antibiotic ointment i forget what that ointment's called whatever there's one that's real neosporin um i don't know if it's global (laughs) (laughs) what the version it's triple antibiotic uh, no here in russia we just dump vodka onto the wound (laughs) and it's fine 
That's right. Everything's fine. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> it, no, probably that's uh, no nah, vodka's get, probably not the get, best. Bet. Get an ointment. <laughs> I mean, if you're out in the field, if you're yeah, out in the yeah. field and that's all you got, then uh, you know you'll get the scratch drunk, and that is a happy scratch. <laughs> yes. That the, the, the scratch will be quite drunk. Yes. It, oh God! There's so many scenes you can do. I mean, literally, and it's so simple. It's such a simple thing to do. Like literally, you can cut your thumbnail, which I've done multiple times. You, let, I usually let my thumbnails grow out a little longer because I play guitar and I pick, you know, the strings with my fingernails. So right. on my right hand, which is my dominant hand uh <laughs> except in guitar because you do most of your fingering <laughs> fingering with your uh, left hand but uh i'll cut the nail a little bit to a point i mean literally if you tie someone up and put them or just put them against a cross and you just put your finger and you press that fingernail into the side of their neck and you just say don't move because i'll scratch you right and it feels sharp and you can lit- oh gosh there's so many like literally you know doming someone with a fucking fingernail is pretty incredible yeah um, well and, and if you're out um maybe out on a date or out on, out in the world with with your partner um a dinner fork works really good for like scratching like you can just pull that off the table re- reach under and just like dig that in somewhere yeah, and <laughs> depending on the restaurant, I don't know. Well, if depending I trust on the restaurant, the, I don't know if I trust the cleanliness of forks and you know Zanku chicken or something like that. Yeah, but, no uh, Burger King fork, but still no, like a spork. But you know what? That would even be better. Is to oh, do it it's coming out of plastic. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you get your own forks, and then uh, and it's <laughs> and it's kind of cool. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm I fucking love scratching mm-hmm. because it's something that you can get away with in public. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can give a little scratch. You can literally just run your you, where you're sitting next to someone. You could literally just run your fingernail down their forearm and look mm-hmm. at them in the eye, and they'll know exactly what your intention is. <laughs> you oh, can literally yeah. you can you can scratch the head. You know, you can run your fingers under the scalp and and dig your nails into their scalp. And uh, oh, there's oh, there's so much. Mm-hmm. While you're cuddling, you could reach around and start like scratching their arm idly, or at least presumably idly. But they know that like, oh, you're you're fucking with them. Yeah, no, yeah. there's there's so many th- ways to to scratch and play, and there's lots of like really really professional cool like thinking implements. But then you know there's a spork, and it there is a spork or a tooth. Like I said, a toothpick. You mm-hmm. can literally scratch the hell out of someone with one toothpick. I have. Do- I have yeah. a toy in my bag that's uh, just a bundle of wooden skewers, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. uh, sometimes I use it for impact. But also, there's a bunch of points at that end, and so I'll like beat, 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 and then come in and dig the the, the sharp end. side in. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Also for genitals, fingernails work great on genitals. You can pull the skin tight, you can pull the lips tight, and then run your thumbnail uh, down the side of the labia. Obviously be careful you can do the same thing you can pull the skin tight around uh, an erect penis or a soft penis and scratch the cock or the balls um you get creative get creative with your scratching kids <laughs> vinyl scratchophilia your your sound effect has a slightly different meaning now that we've gotten into the sexy part yeah, yeah. Before it just sounded like I was busting a load on my kneecap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a, uh, we get it. 
Enigma, how are people going to get a hold of us if they well, need Well, if to? they'd like to find us, we are on social media, on Instagram, at Perverted Podcast, on Twitter, at Perverted PCast, and we are on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Love to read your letters, hope it never stops. We're going to read your letters on Perverted Mailbox. Well, the mailbox, the mailbox is so empty, Boogie. I am, um, the depression is coming down upon me. No, not really. I did no, look at really, that. No. I did look at our Gmail and our FetLife account and go, where are all the emails? I miss our listeners so much. And then, huh? What? Go ahead. And then I hear from you that uh, you received a phone call from a friend that, in my opinion, serves as a perverted mailbox. That's a... A perverted phone mailbox. Well, it was a heck of a phone call. And it's somebody I knew from the past, and and we've been out of touch for a few years. And she was like, hey, I was thinking about you. And so I had a long drive, and I listened to the last show where you guys talked about cock worship. Because mm. Path Girl and I did a segment on cock worship. And I'm like, well, that's that's very a good reason to call me. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was all hopeful. We'd never, I've never hooked up with this person. We've always been friends, and you know, for years. And so, but I'm still attracted to her. She's still hot. Um, so of course I would. But uh, mm-hmm. so she's telling me about you know her thing, and then of course she's got a boyfriend, and of course I have to change gears in my head. And I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't about me. She's probably got a question. And so, so she did, and it was just really nice that the segment with Path Girl, and because Path Girl's real into cock worship, um, that it was still neat to see that it did bring up some questions that she's having in her relationship, which ended up dealing with communication, and that she's maybe a little scared to communicate with her partner about some things because things are going good, and she doesn't want to kind of scare them off and stuff like that mm. so it was one of those conversations you know what i mean right so uh That's but nice. it was real it, it was real cool it was real cool that uh, you know something that she heard on the show was able to to spur a conversation about things that they need to communicate yeah it touched her so much that she needed to pick up the phone and call you yeah she just saw she's all here's someone that fails all the time what like <laughs> It wasn't actually what was good is it wasn't that for a change. It was something that was an actual positive, you know, uh-huh. it was a positive thing that uh-huh. she just needed to realize that her needs were valid and the partner's needs are valid. And, uh, right. and so it was inspired by that. So as a, so to the person, if they're listening again, they probably won't listen again for three years. But if they are listening, your needs are valid. And if your partner has been with you this long and things are going pretty good, maybe you should give them some credit and understand that if you guys get along pretty good, that if you approach this conversation honestly, mm-hmm. they'll probably be good with it. It'll probably be a positive outcome. Hmm. You know what I mean, Kathy? Like, if it's bad and things are, uh, everything's sketchy, I don't want to bring this or that up, that's one thing. But if you guys actually get along pretty good, go ahead and have that conversation. Right. Well, okay. Yes, Boogie. It could go really well for her. Mm mm. <laughs> or, or, yeah, it could be like, what? <laughs> wanted to eat dead people what oh jesus christ you're done 
Oh, and cock worship, that's uh, quite a topic. It was pretty good. You would have had fun with it. I probably would have. I would would have been a total uh, downer for that because I never liked um, cock worship just because um, I've always had a very unhealthy or healthy, depending on the way you look at it, um, distrust of men. (laughs) So even though I love love going down on a penis, I love almost everything having to do with, with cocks and... I've just always, I don't know if repressed is the right word, but I, I never found anybody that I trusted enough. Because let me tell you, when, you, when you're when you getting into stuff like that, you have to fully trust the person you're with. You don't just bestow that upon anybody. If it's not someone who's earned your respect and trust, I, I find it almost impossible to, um, to do any kind of cock worship or any kind of service. Um, and so... After everything that went down with Creative Explorer, the odds of my ever getting into anything like that are like, get the fuck away from me with that penis, damn you. Who do you think you are? And I'll get all up on my oh, horse. Be a fly on the wall for that. Well, <laughs> So, what are you into? Well, you know, I uh, I always had a fantasy about cock worship. <laughs> Just the ninja flies across the room and you're like right in their face. You're grabbing their ears. Don't ever mention that again. <laughs> That'll be me. I'll be like Linda Blair. I'll be the exorcist. My head will start spinning around. <laughs> spitting pea soup all over the place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like, well, I mean, I want to do things to you too. <laughs> fire starts spitting out of your ass while you fucking light the curtains on fire. Pea soup everywhere. I, f- <laughs> I feel bad. I feel so bad. I I feel like I I always am like, hey, so have you talked to anybody? Have you flirted with anybody? Have you flirted with anybody? Just so I can run around to them mm-hmm. and warn them. Yes. This is going to be rough, buddy. It's <laughs> going to be rough. You're going to like <laughs> give them the champ, massage the shoulders. Okay, you're going to go in there. Now she's going to throw a barrage of punches for about two rounds. She's going to kick the shit out of you, but you just got to keep your head down and don't let her hit your chin and you'll be okay because she's going to get tuckered out and then realize that she's a brat and she wants some cuddles. But, but if yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> if you can take, take, just bring dirty dishes. Just that's all you got to do. Just bring over dirty dishes. Okay, maybe that's bad because you're going to go, so you think I'm just going to wash your fucking dishes and suck your cock? Yeah, I need you to run interference from me. Just it's for me. Just tell the guys what they're in for. I'm telling you, it's not going to work. It's not even worth it. <laughs> I'm going to be there in the referee outfit with the whistle. <laughs> just be all <laughs> party foul. <laughs> oh my god! I'm never getting late again. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, it'll happen. It'll uh, happen at some point. <laughs> oh my god. It'll be the dishwasher repairman, and you're going to be like, oh, this guy, he could do it for me. Yow, look at that he's blood all, crack just coming up over those jeans. Oh, ma'am, <laughs> I work with dishes all day long. <laughs> oh, you, you, you romantic schemer, you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about the dirty dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything can be sexy. With Enigma. Tonight's reading comes 
from the Little Debbie classic, Nutty Buddy. Nutty Buddy. Dextrose. Enriched flour. Reduced iron. Thymine. Mononitrate. Riboflavin. Folic acid. Peanut butter. Sugar. Palm and soybean oils with TBHQ. And citric acid to protect flavor. Palm and palm kernel oil. Water contains 2% or less each of the following. Soy, flour, cocoa, soybean, oil, salt, cornstarch, mono, and diglycerides. Soy lichen. Nutty buddy. Baking soda, citric acid, artificial flavors, whey, milk, egg white. Nutty buddy. Nutty buddy. Anything can be sexy with Enigma. Yeah! That is the end of show 353. Please, please, if you have any compassion for me whatsoever. <laughs> send us an email at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com I would love to hear from you I'm actually feeling withdrawals and the lack of any enthusiasm for my daily living of life because I not heard from our listeners and sup- I'm joking right now but I actually do so look forward to that I would love to hear from you if you don't want to send us an email at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com you can reach us on our FetLife profile entitled Perverted Podcast. And please visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast because that's the only way you're going to find us. Apparently, you can't search for us by hitting perverted podcast. And consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing just five bucks a month if you give up. Well, thank you, Kathy. Mm. And of course, thank you to all of our fine supporters, our amazing listeners, just the people that just click on this show randomly. <laughs> Because, you know, you know, 90% of them are like, <laughs> I'm just going to run away. But for the 10% of you really sick, twisted motherfuckers, man, it's like our our family. Our family is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Just so much fun to just be around and just get random phone calls from people and, you know, talk to people in other countries about anal hooks. And it really... Considering the lives we could be leaving, leading, mm-hmm. it's still way more interesting than a lot of people's lives in this world. We're could you fortunate. imagine yes. just being like, well, today we're going to go and see a movie. <laughs> That's it. That's your life. But no, <laughs> of course, our... Glorious show sponsor Headley. Give us a call. We can't wait. Give us a call. What? You guys don't ever. <laughs> I'm just gonna give out my fucking home number no, and don't just do that. you know, just be like, give us a call eight one eight six. No, I'm just not gonna, not don't gonna do, do that. But don't we would it. like to hear from you more. It's a great honor to do this show for you. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you guys on the next one. Woo-hoo. This next song's called Butterflap, and it will be your new favorite song. That is, if you are in the market for a new favorite song.
out and I'll be singing. I'm a butterfly, pretty wings, flap, flap, flap. First two, I'm a little frog, slimy skin, hop, hop, hop. In France, they like my legs at dinner time, chop, chop, chop. Sometimes I sit on my lily pad, life just seems not such a thrill. Little frog's got a big long tongue. I'm a little frog, slimy skin, hop, hop, hop. This is the uh, time for the drum solo. It's a very, very short drum solo. Verse three, I'm a little blue train, big smokestack, chug, chug, chug. That's all.